0: hello hello i'm emma i'm antonella and we are more than meets the eye we are here to
1: help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens
0: so more than meets the eye is a podcast uh about aesthetics which is a pretty vague concept but basically we break down what an aesthetic is into visual elements, uh, along with music and movies, and et cetera, et cetera. What are we talking about this week, Antonella?
1: We are discussing city pop. Can be called an aesthetic, but it's also a music genre, of course.
0: Yeah, it, it can be one or the other, but I feel like it's it's also just a very broad term in general. If you could give me like a one sentence. Mm -hmm. explanation of what city pop is
1: oh it's basically japanese pop music from late 70s 80s that specifically draws on jazz influences synth wave influences and kind of has had a revival for western audiences recently as well
0: it also gets its name not only from the fact that it's uh, mimicking american pop music of the 70s but also that it is oriented towards city folk or people in urban areas in particular, as opposed to uh, more rural people. So it's very upbeat, very fun, very motivating, very time to go to work, time to go home from work, time to be a, a, a boss-ass bitch, I guess. Yeah, um, very positive,
1: nothing, yeah, yeah like an upbeat music, like you said. And I mean, I kind of gave more of the descriptor of like the music genre itself. Sure, sure, but- sure, sure. Also within that there is like these kind of urban visuals yep. and cityscapes nightlife that is connected to it as well.
0: Do you have a particular personal experience with city pop? So we talked about it a little bit. Or I feel like it's it overlaps.
1: This episode is going to overlap a little bit with uh yeah. vaporwave.
0: For sure. I don't know about you. Do not remember I barely remember recording that episode.
1: <laughs> I barely remember. It was one of like, like maybe our third episode ever. So I, like, I think
0: so. Yeah. I
1: feel like that was kind of where I dipped my toes in a little bit and like learned about artists like Yellow Magic Orchestra and that whole vibe. But mm, beyond that, not too much. I mean, I definitely feel like there has been this like revival recently on social sure. media with city pop, like Japanese pop from the 80s going like viral again or just resurfacing so i feel like that's kind of been most recently my experience
0: i feel like my first exposures to it were like songs at the end of studio ghibli films i got into it kind of when it was getting popular on the internet so like youtube was popping up with a like compilation videos and it had a bunch of city pop songs that have similar vibes and are very upbeat totally great for studying um and also always a plus for studying like you know you're not going to know the lyrics like you're not going to understand them so it's not distracting like you're not listening to totally. what they're saying they're just singing so that's kind of like most of my experience with it in general but even more specific i once had tatsuro yamashida's pocket music recommended to me on youtube i think that's one of the greatest city pop albums of all time but also i just generally became obsessed with that album in particular it's crazy because it's not it's no longer available on youtube i i can't even explain to you how like devastated i am by this because Mm -hmm. i have no access to listening to it because tatsuro yamashida is not on spotify like his music cannot be found um, and this album is so incredible. So that's kind of my personal experience.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because like it's a niche, it's kind of a niche thing, but as it's become more popular, you're kind of noticing like how hard it is to really find all the music. Like I think the famous Plastic Love was only just put on Spotify like right.
0: last year or something. Right. So after it went like viral on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wild. But I also feel like like it is niche but in a way like it's not I feel like one of the 10 people who who is on the internet if you said city pop they would know what you were talking about
1: you know mm-hmm. I think there's a I mean we'll probably get more into this but I, I think there is a certain like a maybe a more shallow like surface level understanding of city pop and then sure. there really is like a tr- truly deep intensive library of all these like musicians and yes Hiromi Hasono like, yeah all those people like that you can really like Dive into, but yeah, there's I think there's two ways to approach it, obviously.
0: No, um, completely agree with you. Yeah,
1: but yeah, let's get into the nitty gritty, as we
0: call it. Yeah basic like visuals and stuff um yeah i mean for me like very rich color palette so like never muted always bright always loud basically all colors of the rainbow like shining glim,
1: glimmering city yeah escapes, all of that city it lights to feel very fa- like fantastical kind of unreal like the best night ever
0: but like
1: always <laughs> like the best day ever yeah And, yeah, I mean, a part of the whole, I think, revival has to do with nostalgia, too. So there is this, again, like, kind of, like, vintage visual associated with it, too. Like, old technology, like, cassette players, Sony Walkman, which also coincided with when it was
0: created in the 80s and stuff, so. Casios, record players, vintage phones. Especially also, like, so, like, a SNES, like, a super... Nintendo, uh, I don't know what the ES stands for in SNES, but a Super NES. So, like, Nintendo video games, like, the very original video game machines, the big box televisions, like, all the tech that was huge in, like, the 80s. Weirdly, like, very specific imagery for this aesthetic it's kind of just like this like
1: snapshot of that period of time like but it all has this like kind of glossy sheen over it this very dreamy world that's like this like retro futurist futurism it's the future of that time like you're envisioning the future if you were in the 80s basically
0: i didn't realize this at the time but i also put like cocktails as like an imagery that I would think of nightlife yeah which I now realize is just nightlife but super fruity cocktails with like the straws (laughs) in them and stuff or the the umbrellas in them you know fashion wise like it kind of yeah is just
1: you know your your 1980s get up loose clothing and pops of
0: color the very early 80s because not that 70s influence the 80s look that was as far away from the 70s as possible yeah, grading on nineties.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So getting into kind of like the history of it, I mean, what's interesting about this is that it definitely has a time when it like started because it had this huge resurgence hasn't really ended. It's still a very like ongoing contemporary aesthetic. But I think you said earlier like kind of emerged in like the 70s, peaked popularity in the 80s. By the 90s, it was kind of like uh an old fad. Didn't really get really recognized until like the 2010s. Yeah, that's
1: that's kind of the timeline and has to do with this like economic boom that Japan was having at the time in in yes. the 70s, post World War II. Um um, and they were making all this technology like Walkman's, exporting all these goods. So there's a lot of this innovation that kind of gave Westerners this like view of Japan as a super high tech, innovative place. Right. It's like where this that stereotype comes from in like the West that Japan has, has all this like kind of 80s tech that we associate with them. Right. Um. Like And, and like, early video games as well. There's a term techno-orientalism, which is really interesting. Kind of exoticism that is presented in the West of, like, um, Japan and their technology, basically, as being this, like, super high-tech and, like, efficient. I mean, and also the negative stereotypes of, like, being robotic, too. Yeah. That stereotype came from this period of time in the 80s where they were advancing and exporting all of these goods to the U.S. and other
0: countries that's that's fascinating it's also you know important to recognize that this is probably the first time that japan was in the spotlight once again following you know world war ii and they had like a full rebranding so the fact that this is so aesthetically particular is like not surprising because they were really trying to sell something different from what they were known for at the first half of the 20th century which is, you know, genocide and, and like, imperialism. It's also, I'm thinking about, like, when we were kids, I feel like it was almost, like, round two of that techno-orientalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that was round two with, like, Pokemon and everything. Yeah, but but then all the youth by the 90s were like, nah, Gramps, that's not for us. Let's move on and do something completely different. Which brings us to the cult resurgence via the internet. Into the widespread popularity of the 2010s of City Pop. Yeah,
1: and that's like super based in YouTube and TikTok. There's this really good article in Pitchfork that talks about this revival that we're having, and it's called The Endless Life Cycle of Japanese City Pop um, by Kat Zhang. And it talks about how the YouTube algorithm and recommendations really boosted this whole genre and has also just presented this kind of more shallow western interpretation of what city pop is so basically like city pop the name itself is not known to the average japanese person many of them also didn't know the song plastic love which is kind of the song that reignited the love for the genre in america it's not maria takeuchi's most famous song in japan either so it's really interesting because for them, it's it, it was just 80s pop music that they're like, oh, Americans are obsessed with this music? Okay, that's kind of random. like But what's so funny is that city pop itself is just an, a reinterpretation of Western music, Western funk music. So it's this kind of like feedback loop of Japan taking influence from you know, American, Black American funk and jazz, bringing it over there, and then it being reinterpreted again by American artists, like uh, Harry Styles said his, Harry's house was inspired by Hosono House, by uh, Harumi Hosono is like a one of the pioneers of Japanese pop music. So it's just been recontextualized and kind of exoticized too, right. like in this interesting
0: way yeah no i mean that's fascinating full send retweet on everything you just said yeah it feels it's funny how much of an american thing it is to like city pop i also feel like it definitely like it i feel like it reaches everybody in america but like most often the people that i see who are like posting about it or who like use it in their content on like tiktok or whatever they tend to be like first gen kids who like have this kind of like diaspora identity And I feel like in a way like it having that like taken from Western, brought to Japan, brought back that kind of like multi-level cultural experience to it. That it makes sense that a lot of people would connect to that who have kind of multiple cultural influences going on.
1: Because there's like the unrealness, otherworldliness about it all where it's like it's not necessarily Japan. It's not. Any place that you've really seen, I mean, obviously it's like very Japanese influenced, right. all the visuals and stuff. But it, it feels, it feels like abroad. It feels somewhere far away. Right. Um, but you don't know exactly where. Right. Um, it's like a fantasy world, basically, and also like this super imposition of, um, like the the past and the present yeah. and this nostalgia, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Escapism is definitely a part of it too and also being found on the internet where it's like you know yes. a lot of people like es- escape on the internet and they find these really little niche worlds and stuff i think part of why it went so viral it felt
0: like this thing that was missed by history and it was like but the internet found it and saved it and it like yeah. did you know which is is special and shows kind of like how in many ways because the internet gets a lot of shit for a reason but in there are like it's saving graces are like really wonderful and also i wanted to say like for so many of us like escaping onto the internet is the norm like doom scrolling is like a commonplace word um but also like i know so many people who's like i even spend like half an hour on tiktok a day but just get out of like whatever's going on around me and like that's okay and that's cool and like whatever and that's so normal for everybody now. That also, like, coming across something like city pop on the internet, on TikTok, it's going to be a more universal experience because we're all doing this thing all the time. And, mm-hmm. like, and C pop like just has this ability people who are really into anime like it, people who are really into K pop like it, but then also people who are just vibing and like they like foodie stuff or they like movies. It just shares this like very consistent aesthetic, which I think can appeal to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah,
1: and it it yeah, it creates that kind of like like you're saying like like f- Foodies and film lovers like it, it does have this like very cinematic universe yeah feel to it. You're you're you feel like you're being transported basically yeah. is probably is like the main appeal. Yep. Uh, versus just listening to like an old American. 80s song like you're like all right that's just like a
0: which is a feel of its own but it's not like like the city pop thing is like it's got its own vibe to it you know which is different from yeah like you're saying like just listening to some steely dan you know (laughs) yeah it's like all right this is just like
1: an old band yeah um a thing about the article i thought was interesting is the youtube algorithm basically like conflates lo-fi beats Yes. city pop and anything japanese it kind of just like mushes it all together yeah. into just this like japan pop culture that's it yeah. unfortunately it kind of you know loses the nuance of these actually really interesting bands and artists that like pioneered synth wave music and electronic music like you know yellow magic orchestra yes. and tatsuro
0: yamashita um, we basically talked about all the iconic figures I wanted to talk about uh, to do with City Pop, which is Maria Takuchi, who was married to Tatsuo Yamashita, which is a fun fact. And they were basically, you know, the godparents of City Pop. And then, of mm-hmm. course, Harumi Sono, who I actually probably know his music, but, like, don't know him via name, but he's up there with, like, the founding fathers, you know? He,
1: he was in, like, a bunch of bands yeah. and stuff, and... Again, like Harry Styles named his album Harry's House after his album, which I'm like, okay. But there's actually a, like so many pop artists that have like recently oh, yeah. sampled him, or or not just him, but also Tyler Creator sampled yeah. Tatsuro
0: Yamashita too. So it's really interesting. Yeah. I feel like we should get into sampling music, like like not sorry that sounded weird. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I've always thought we should make an album, but that's not what I was talking about. I think <laughs> <laughs> we should play some examples now.
1: Yeah, totally. um I definitely want to play the song that Tyler the Creator sampled, Fragile Thank by Tatsuro Yamashita. It was released in 1998, so it is a good decade after, alone but alone. It, it still has that same sentiment. Yeah. For the heart Girl, please don't ever let me be alone again Yeah, and to yeah, to be clear, the song that it's sampled in is Gone,
0: Gone, Thank You by Tyler the Creator. <laughs> was not prepared for it to be that Tyler song. The way that just blew my mind was crazy. I wouldn't have guessed that was like a Tatsuro Yamashita song that he sampled. Like that's wild.
1: It's so it's so relevant. Like the sound of it is still so fits so into modern music. And the
0: lyrics? That's crazy though. Okay i want to do pocket music so it used to be you can see this because you can see my youtube but it used to be this it was just this photo and like the entire album Mm. and i took it down but thankfully but thankfully i was able to find like just pocket music so at least i can listen to the song but there was another song that i like loved and i don't know if it's available and i'm like stressed about this and i'm literally about to drop like 30 euro on the album to get it so i can just like listen to it when i want kanoma no ame ga nagari i shinenu shi zu pesani mizu tamari kiete yuku yo
1: tamashii ga tsuku wa ni
0: mō mō chiisana And then he overlaps every part of it, where he goes, and then he does the like I can hear, incredible, like what a piece of music. <laughs> I'm just, like you can tell I've listened to that song way too many times. It literally sends chills like through my body. Did you want another
1: song? There's this song that um Mac DeMarco sampled. Ooh, it's by Chiego Sequito. The word to Thank you.
0: I knew it two seconds in okay i knew it two yeah. seconds
1: in so obviously that song was sampled in chamber of reflection by mac demarco um but yeah just to demonstrate more of the influences
0: um and then i would recommend tong poo i don't feel like playing it it's great but by yellow magic orchestra it's a great song mm-hmm. Uh yeah i mean anything by them is yeah just
1: really cool, like a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it has no words. A lot of right. it is just like instrumental. um Instrument.
0: oh, but it's also really cool, just to, like contextualize it and think of it as like, oh, this is the real beginnings of um techno music. Yellow Magic Orchestra is like really; they were like the first guys doing like music with computers, which is kind of mind boggling. So when you hear it, it's cheesy to an effect that it's really fun and and interesting. But you also have to understand that they were like nobody was doing that. Okay. Yeah, movies. We just saw Perfect Blue together, both of us, for the first time. Um, Mm. And I definitely think that that falls into the City Pop aesthetic. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Like, fully. Yeah.
1: I mean, even when you, like, type it, like, I just typed in City Pop on Pinterest to, like, just get the general vibe. And, like, it was, like, Perfect Blue screenshots all over it. Yeah, totally. And that's a 1998 anime by it's 1988 i believe so it's late it's technically a little bit
0: after yeah um who's the director directed by uh satoshi khan yeah but i think what's funny about perfect blue is the sentiment of the film itself is kind of the opposite of what like the sentiment of city pop is where the city pop is like oh you're magical you can do anything Perfect Blue is kind of like fame will go to your head and destroy you and everybody you love. And it's like, but somehow, aesthetically, it's like totally city pop.
1: Yeah, no, the visuals like don't always match. Yeah, the dark, the darkness of that movie. Um, And just even her bedroom is so like she has like the old computer and It, like, looks like those um, YouTube compilations of, like, those Lo-Fi Beats YouTube compilation covers where they just have, like, an anime girl sitting in the bedroom. But this was, like, the first, obviously, like, um, all of those Lo-Fi Beats things are obviously pulling from that. Uh, One movie I did want to mention that I saw um, at the Asian Film Festival, like, a month ago.
0: uh, Tokyo Pop. Oh, yes, you told me about this. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Yes. That one came out in 1983 I think but um it actually stars Carol Burnett's daughter. Right. But she goes to Tokyo and tries to like make it in music there and basically yeah, the story follows her and like this little like Japanese band and she meets a guy there who's also Japanese she kind of realizes that her 15 minutes of fame is just based on her being this like exotic foreigner right and they have and like she's just going around singing a cover of famous 80s American song right but all like the Japanese people are like oh my god like this is so amazing um she basically realizes that it's just Tokyo pop and not real music right the main male lead in the movie is obsessed with American music and he wants to be like Elvis Presley and all these like American bands and then eventually the at the end of the movie he comes to like really appreciate like Japanese music and he starts to write his own songs in Japanese and not just try to copy uh American English and stuff like that right that movie kind of encapsulates that yeah like American Western obsession yeah
0: she's like um, the spitting image of Tara Burnett that's kind of wild
1: and she sounds like her too really? it's, it's crazy
0: okay Interesting. I know I really want to um, see this ever since you saw it. I've like to really it. It's it's cute. It's
1: it's so cute. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny. Because it's all these like Japanese bands like trying to emulate the American sound and then, you know, this American woman's like also fascinated by Japanese culture too. So right. there's this like two way street of <laughs> both stereotyping each other basically.
0: Yeah. Um I wanted to shout out Isao Takahata's only yesterday which is a Studio Ghibli film from 1991, um, which totally just has the aesthetic of the city pop look. Plus, it's actually the reverse. It's about a a city girl going to the countryside, becoming, just like falling in love with the city. I mean, the country, uh, even though she's like always been a city person and whatever. It's Mm. really sweet. Story. I
1: haven't seen that one. Oh, oh my god! It's so
0: like feel good, and, and it just makes me happy. Not like most Studio Ghibli films, which make you question your existence. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very light and fluffy, which I like. But yeah, okay, let's hop into the personal conclusions on City Pop. Mm-hmm. I'll start. So this just made me want to start listening to City Pop again. It's like to me, it's just like easy listening. I feel like I could generally just listen to it all the time. I don't think I'd ever get sick of it, but like, I, I mean, I get sick of anything. So, <laughs> but but it's like one of those things where it's also like, how, like you were saying, like the way YouTube kind of mishmashes it all together. I feel like I never really get this. I get songs repeated, but I also get some variation in there, so it's like not a big deal, you know.
1: Totally. Yeah. There's just so much like to deep dive yeah. on like more artists and stuff internet really allows you to find that because obviously so much of this is like was previously not available right. to western audiences like you just couldn't find it but it's becoming more accessible which is cool yeah
0: and most people on youtube who do these things like they have linked the names of the artists and the songs in in like the bio which i think is great because they're just trying to help you like find the song you like which which i appreciate yeah. or they put it put like it on in the, the video yeah. yeah 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 which i love where do you see this like going city pop going
1: it's just gonna open up more listeners to the genre and i feel like yeah more people are just going down the rabbit hole yeah. of this genre as well yeah i see it sticking around i also yeah i just see similar things happening to other niches like that oh also other like specifically asian
0: cultural or just cross-cultural non-white basically yeah yeah
1: yeah, just I guess people op- in general maybe opening up to more discovering more yeah, foreign music. What do you think is is going to stick about it?
0: Um so I think it's not as popular as it was like during the pandemic. So like I think that it will remain at like the same level of popularity generally over like the next forever maybe. Um but mm-hmm. I agree with you actually that's good like insight that like maybe the internet can like kind of dig up some other Forgotten genres that have a lot of gems for us to like rediscover. I
1: don't know. Yeah, people I feel like are really trying to find the most niche. Yeah. Positive. Yeah.
0: Which, in some ways, is is like get over yourself, in some ways, is like oh, like like <laughs> that's, that's great to like bring something to light that wasn't in the spotlight before.
1: Totally. All
0: right. Yeah. That's gonna do it for us today. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Um. Thank you too. Sorry, it's been a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I like moved to France, so that was kind of a lot and I needed a break from existing. Um so yeah. thanks for your patience. So not only
1: Not only is this like remote now, but it's also like cross continental.
0: Transatlantic, baby. Uh, cross <laughs> Atlantic connection right now. So Yeah, that's fun. So coming at you from France and New York. Uh, thanks, Phineas O'Brien, for a theme song. Thank you, ACAST, for hosting us. And we'll see you next time.